Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Roundtable. My name is Dion, and I'm joined here today by Andrew and Phil. We also have a guest speaker, Abby, so something new and exciting for the podcast. But today on the docket, we have recovery techniques and favorite things to cook. And I don't know if you guys remember, but a long time ago, Phil had some feelings about foam rolling, and he said that he had receipts. And this is the day for those receipts to come out. So don't think I forgot that you said you had negative feelings about foam rolling. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We didn't, for- we didn't forget. <laughs> but anyway, how's, how's your week been? <laughs> My week's been pretty good. Uh, work's been pretty, pretty consistent. Not, uh, not too bad in terms of like, you know, really long days or being overly busy uh, or anything like that. I had I had a couple of people uh, cancel on me and uh, one person just didn't show up, wouldn't answer the phone. Uh, you know, I, I know it, it happens. It's not that big of a deal, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not fun. Uh, and when I when I was talking to the uh, uh, the person who was working at the front desk at the gym that I work at, uh, she was like, "Don't you get annoyed by that?" And I was, I was like, I, "I mean, it's just it's part of the situation being a trainer here." Uh, I mean, other than that, everything's been you know pretty uh, pretty good. The the cold weather I was not a fan of. Uh, today it was like sixty five, but like three days ago it was like thirty. Oh, okay. did not so, like that. So extra cold. Yeah. I mean, for this time of year, or for like, if I just feel like it came on real quick. It was like 60s and 70s, then we had a couple of days in the 60s, and then boom, it was 40. Like, we barely got any weather in the 60s or 50s. Yeah, so it was just kind of like abrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds like a solid, solid week. So, Abby, since you're, you're new to the, the cast, we always do a warm-up for the beginning to like see how everybody's doing what their week is is going to be like so we'll have you kick it off next how was your week nice yeah well thank you guys for all having me i'm super happy to be here with you your podcasts have been <laughs> really entertaining and informative too so i'm glad to be here with you all tonight um but yeah life is good really a lot of a lot of momentum but finding balance in that momentum for those of you who don't know me um my name is Abby. I'm from uh, Wellness with Abby, and I'm a holistic health and wellness coach. So I offer different um, sessions like Reiki, energy healing, EFT, which is uh, an emotional freedom technique. So eliminating rest- resistant blockages that we carry in our system, because we are all energy after all. We're living in an energetic world, energetic beings. And so our energetic element is really important considering that into our health. And also I'm a trainer too, a certified personal trainer. And I just love to show up and, you know, serve and help my clients and other people on, you know, online to live the healthiest life because it's what it's all about, really. So, yeah, spreading the love and sharing the inspo and information too. I love that. Andrew, you look like you're having the greatest day right now. What's going on with you, boss? (laughs) I I am having a great day. I'm just tired. Doing the same thing. (laughs) Pretty much the same thing I've been telling you guys for the past couple of weeks, just training and uh, working. So found a little bit of a routine and sticking to it. So just been tired. Slept for like 12 hours yesterday. Went to bed at like 7 p.m. Wow. So I'm well rested for this podcast for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So yeah, just boring stuff. Nothing new. Man has so much time. I definitely slept like zero hours. Well, it feels like zero hours. Whenever you can get an uh, opportunity to sleep for 12 hours in a row. (laughs) Just take it? Take it. Take it for sure. (laughs) Y'all are killing me. Yeah, Phil, I feel you on the weather because today I woke up and I asked my Google Home, you know, I was like, hey, what's the weather like today? And it said 70 degrees. And I was was like, what? It It was so cold yesterday. 
So I got to finally wear like a t-shirt and walk around Buffalo again. You know, nice. cold days. And throughout the podcast, I'm definitely going to complain about how my body hurts because we <laughs> played our final soccer game and it was for the championship t-shirt, you know, the the prize $100,000 t-shirt, aka it's actually just a $100 cotton t-shirt from Hanes, but <laughs> um, and you know, us us adults decide we're going to try to play our hearts out and my body is just under constant siege right now. So, I am feeling pretty good. We did not win. We lost, and that uh, hurt that hurt worse. Like honestly, I'll take a, a sore <laughs> body any day than losing. I think that that crushed me more. I even had a dream about it. I went home and I had a dream last night. That's probably why I didn't sleep of losing. And I cried like in my sleep, woke up sad as all. (laughs) So that's how my week has been pretty pretty good. But, you know, taking the L's are not always fun. Gabby, you're in Florida right now, right? Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to head to Ecuador in the next Sometime that be before the month is over. I'm really hoping for it, with considering the state of the world. But hopeful. That's awesome. So yeah. yeah, you and I are both still rocking, you know, t-shirts and shorts because it's yeah. 80 degrees and not New Jersey and New York. Right. <laughs> it's it's 80 degrees where you are too, Andrew. Oh uh, yeah, it was like 75 today and 75 yesterday. Wow. Yo, this yeah. needs to stop, bro. Like only time um... only time it really got cold is when that uh tropical storm came through and uh, it got a little windy but no <laughs> wasn't back that bad. up to no nah, not at all i mean i was still outside working you know what i mean unless it was raining i did get two days off because of the rain which was cool that's good but, yeah i feel yeah. like before we start getting into what we were going to talk about we should talk about abby's business because i as a personal trainer have no idea what you're talking about probably like 60 ish yeah. percent of the time and also, I think you and I pretty much got started around the same time, didn't we? Because I think you sure. you reached out to me, I think, right when you were about to like get yeah. certified. I reached out and to so, both you and Dan. Yeah. And so I think that was around like July or August, and I got my certification in June. So yeah. how, do you, how, how have you felt starting a business, one, in COVID, and two, like, I mean, I, I don't know if this is your first business, but mine was definitely mine. So I know there was some like, learning curve to that and so i'm curious of one what your business is for people that don't know and like kind of more about you and like how that was starting up yeah definitely uh as soon as covid hit i was just like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna become a personal trainer because that's what i've always really in the back wanted to do at some point and so i just dedicated my whole quarantine to studying that ace manual which was a fun time really no, I did enjoy it, actually. <laughs> but um, yeah, I passed my exam. And since then, really just been getting my uh, foundational basis of legality. I filed my LLC. So Wellness with Abby LLC is now in the works. Um, just taking all the real uh, foundations to keep building up. And it feels really good because I have a lot of momentum. I have some clients, just booked another one tonight. And it feels really good. So I don't think that really COVID because I'm not operating in a gym one-on-one with people, um, just taking it all online. And like I said, I've hired a coach, a business coach to uh, help me pave my way and really just like um, honing in my niche. So not being so general, but becoming more specialty in my offerings. So my offering is what I'm, um, I'm focusing on body, heart, and mind because they're all connected. Everything is connected. And when I say that everything is energy, it's, is and maybe sometimes that's a hard concept concept to understand but if you think about it like we're all talking right now through an energetic wavelength that's in the air we don't see it but it's there it's connecting us and we're all in different parts of the world um so what i do in basis of energy work is reiki (laughs) and i have a level one and level two of the natural healing system from usui reiki is a japanese healing technique and it literally means ray, universal, key, energy. So when my clients request a Reiki session, I literally maintain and create an energetic field that allows them to um, ease into a state of relaxation. And as we know, when we rest, we can recover, we can regenerate. 
we have less resistance so we can allow a healing to occur, whether that be physical, whether that be mental and emotional. And uh, when I become a master, it will become across from time and distance too. So that's pretty cool. And um, if you're really curious, cool. yeah, do you have any questions about, about Reiki? It sounds kind of like woo-woo, but once you feel it, like there's, it's undeniable because sometimes my clients are like, and your hands, like, why are they so hot? And I'm just like, that's just the Reiki flowing. Ooh, I like that. That, yeah, that to I mean, me, it's like a good song on like a Tuesday, you know, like you hear something and it hits your soul. You're like, ooh, I feel that. That's the Reiki. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the Reiki. <laughs> yeah, I know that you and I have talked about uh, my sister's actually looking to get certified in Reiki. So she's tried it on me a couple of times. And the first time she did yeah, it, so. I slept for once again, uh -huh. another sleeping uh, story. So like <laughs> eight, dude, so long, dude, like 18 hours. I was, I was out for so long. It's oh, great. for healing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah, it was cool. Most of my clients say, well, they fall into like a deep sleep and some of them actually pass out and I just like let them relax deep for however long they need to until it's, you know, time. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people actually cry too because it releases the resistance and tears can be a form of releasing resistance. And it's not like they're sad, but they're just able to release in a way that they hadn't been before. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think I could get reiki because i would probably just explode with all the resistance that's trapped in my body honestly <laughs> when <laughs> when i got attuned when i had my attunement from my reiki master um i was ill i i was very ill because of the it's like a when the energy enters your body it kind of dispels all of the toxins and all of the stagnancies and you become literally shaken up like you're shaken to kind of awaken and I was so sick. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was not anticipating that because I, I keep my vessel pretty clean. And, like, if I had all that, like, just, like, resistance in me, like, yeah, we just got to. Jeez. It's so wild. I would literally die. <laughs> <Yeah>. you, people <laughs> might become, become ill, um, either, you know, vomiting or just very uncomfortable, headaches, whatever it is. It's working Jeez. its way through you. Yeah. I, I feel like Phil would be, like, the perfect person for this like he's so calm all the time it'd be like like the reiki master would like they would actually ascend like chuck norris style like it would be reversed <laughs> it'd be like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> like this man is emitting such great calm right now anything is possible <laughs> i love it i uh i i've heard very little about uh reiki in my life i've spoken to a few people about it uh here and there but uh when you like take the specifics out and you talk to you know talk about the abstract part of more like the uh what did you call it the resistance and how people yes. end up uh like crying mm -hmm. uh when you said that i was like that that just makes sense because i feel like and you know not to like talk about society but like i feel like a lot of people are just like either go 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 all the time or when they're not they're like really purposely trying to distract themselves and in that i don't i never studied anything about reiki but when i was um in college i studied a bit on uh meditation in uh buddhism and one of the things that a lot of people struggle with with meditation uh is just like letting your thoughts just happen to you like not, you know, grabbing your phone or talking to someone or like distracting yourself, like letting your thoughts or your emotions like flow just the way that your mind wants them to. And it's a very related idea that uh, what you were talking about. And, you know, as much as I don't know exactly a lot more about, you know, what you do, uh, even just that is very, uh, very similar. And I definitely understand it. Yeah, we definitely become distracted and impulsive very easily. Like if we just have our phones out and we feel it vibrate, it's just like, oh, I'm going to look at that. Anything. It's just like another thought, another distraction. So meditation is certainly another tool that you can use to enter again your body, develop that body-heart-mind connection. And I, I do that. facilitate uh, meditations as well. Cool. Yeah, and then like jump off of what Phil said a little bit. Like... It definitely is difficult and I can see it's Reiki is something that's really not 
hasn't been researched it seems like a lot for a lot of people they don't really know too much about it so like having you on here is amazing to kind of like maybe broaden their spectrum into something that they haven't seen before and i believe wholeheartedly in that as well like you know just kind of like trying new training techniques or like fitness methods you need to understand different meditation techniques and ways to align your body and help yourself become the best person you are so that's that's beautiful to have you yeah i love that thanks so i did have a question did anyone else have a question before i go did you fill fill out so as far as you said you like your clients like do you incorporate all of these things into like a like a a specific package or do you kind of just like operate like specifically between like reiki training or do you kind of like package all of them into one right so i do have just uh single sessions i don't really do them because people want the whole package which is optimally aligned body, heart, and mind. And it's 20 minutes of a practice devoted to each daily. And over time, those 20 minutes can add up to a lot because we understand that people are busy. Time goes by so fast. But if you can dedicate 20 minutes to a practice of your body, 20 minutes to a practice of meditation, and 20 minutes to a practice of EFT, heart, um, connection, or whatever types of heart service you wanna offer to the world, um, you can really make some serious changes over time. So yeah, I like to do the whole holistic approach with my clients because it's really what is most beneficial, uh, beneficial for them um, with through working with me because because I love that <laughs> and um, and yeah, it really just brings me joy. It brings them joy, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's cool. I like how you kind of market it in a way that all of that only takes one hour where normally you would think that you'd have to spend an hour to an hour and a half at a gym. Whereas for something that you're doing, it's like, well, all you have to do is meditate for 20 minutes, work out for 20 minutes, and then focus on the EFT for 20 minutes. And that's Mm -hmm. so doable because you can do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one at night, or maybe all three, whatever have you. So that's that's super cool. I bet that a lot of people really like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if, for example, if you're in an eight-week program, over the eight weeks, you'll have um, 19 hours of each specific element of new information or um just added value and a lot of time so that's great yeah exactly that's 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 cool uh i especially like you know like you were saying andrew that that aspect of um it not being uh like what'd you say like an hour and a half in the gym i think that a lot of people when they think of anything they don't understand they think of like the most uh like far end of the spectrum example of it you know you talk to someone and you say like you know oh uh i've been meditating you should try it and they'll go oh i i can't sit down for you know an hour every day and and you go an hour i mean you could start with one minute you could do five yeah. minutes and and when when you talk to people about how you know and the same thing happens when i talk to people about like going to the gym or running who aren't uh you know big into it and they're like oh i can't do what you can do and you know i have to tell them like i neither could i before i did it you know it's and i didn't just start doing it and neither did any of us you know we uh we'd start with what we can do at any moment and for for some people you know that bar to entry uh is just you know it could be like you know, with physical activity, you could just be like, go out the door, walk around your house one time. That's your added physical activity. For meditation, it could just be set aside two whole minutes and do that five days a week. And it's all about like starting doing something and forming the habits. Uh, so I really like that you're you're able to package the the like the whole approach uh, within like the the twenty minute compartments. I guess you could, you could call them. Thank you. Yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. I think that's so true, though, about you don't have to start and be the best, but you can just start where you are and work your way to being the best version of you. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It matters what you're doing. And if that's sustainable and if that brings you joy, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I was I kind of like had a thought while you both were were talking about this. And I know that I'm an offender of doing this. that when someone asks me what I do, it kind of gives the most negative image of what they're trying to do. So like prime example was last night, 
um, the person I got to ride to the soccer game with, he's like, what do you do like as a trainer? Like, what do you do when you work out? And I was like, well, I run a mile and a half every morning and I try to do like 200 pushups a day. And then I work out like for an hour and a half. And I try to get it to an hour and then I like try to run two miles and they're like, what? Oh my God, that's so extensive. Like what is going on? And I was like, hold up a minute. Like I didn't just wake up today, never doing this. I'm like, I've been doing this for five years. Like mm -hmm. I didn't start out like, you know, Phil said, I didn't just start out and just like be like, yep, today I'm running a mile and a half and that's it. <laughs> like it, it definitely takes time and you should, you should start, start with small changes, you know, and kind of like work your way up. But I feel like I, as a person and like, maybe like us as trainers, I don't know if you guys do this, but I, I have to be mindful of that sometimes when I'm talking to someone because like I can scare them just based off of like what I'm doing. I'm sure you do this, Andrew, too. Like you're like, how much do you squat? And you're like, oh, you know, I'll just rep out 315 for like 12. And they're like, that's a lot of weight. <laughs> like, <don't... laughs> Luckily, no one ever asks what I squat. They always ask what I bench. So I'm always just, you know, average or subpar. <laughs> I don't know why that's, that's such a thing in, in lifters. They're, they don't care about squat, which... I think is, you know, benching is cool, but it's not as cool as everyone's always talking about it. Don't people only ask about the bench. It's weird. Yeah. Do yep. you know who do you know people who call it not cool? They can't bench. That's why they say it's not cool. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I why I don't my, like it. <laughs> my bench is proportionately better, I think, than it should be compared to my squat and deadlift. Uh, normally I just try to avoid talking about what I do or what I'm able to do to like clients or potential clients yeah. uh like i work out at the gym i work at so they could see me but you know i i talk about like the types of things i do you know if i'm talking about like how i arrange my workouts but i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna tell them like oh yeah you know this exercise that you've got you know you're, you're hitting the leg press with uh you know 140 on it you know i do double that like you you're never gonna be as good as me like you know i, I just don't even mention it at all uh, you know, it's, it's all about like, Hey, you were here and now you've made this progress. Good job. That's, That's all sweet. I focus on all the time. Yeah. Abby, how did you, uh, uh -huh. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, uh, I was going to ask how you started to incorporate like all these techniques, not only in your life, but also in your, your business as well. Like what made you kind of want to get your foot? What with that? Yeah. Um, people ask me like, how, how do I do this? But really, it's just inside of me. Like, that's just, it's so natural for me. And I feel like just lining up with what I love doing, that's really what life is about. And when you're doing what you love, that gives you a purpose. So my business is my life, too. So I'm just, you know, purpose-driven, heart-centered, and, you know, reflecting that out. So it's very natural. And I am inclined to all these different techniques. Um, I'm about to receive an, a nice order from a brand that reached out to me. They're going to send me some Tibetan singing bowls. Shout out to the Ohm store. I'm really excited to start working That's with cool. them. Yeah, and incorporate their Tibetan singing bowls for the, um, just like a sound frequency healing too. That'll be cool with the meditations and Reiki. I got one for Hannah. Awesome. That's yeah, beautiful. She, yeah, she loves it. Super cool. And I'll, have you ever heard of a, I think it's called a tongue drum? No. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you can make them out of, like, I don't even know. I don't even know you can make them out of, but they make a really cool, cool sound. If you look up like a tongue drum, like the, your tongue in your mouth, you'll, you'll see. They're cool. Interesting. Well, she has like a small one. But yeah, yeah. I'll look into that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it actually sounds wild. Like, <laughs> I don't know whatever that is, but now I'm like interested in. I think uh, I know what you're talking about, uh, but I don't think I've ever heard it called a tongue drum. Does it have like, do you like a tap steel it? drum? When I a think steel, steel drum, I think of like Caribbean music. One like the Your one pan? thing that I can only way I no. can really say about it is that is like you see people on Instagram sitting in Indian style smacking this ah, drum. Ah yes, they're and beautiful. It, yeah, and they make really cool noises. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were called the tongue drum. <laughs> I think I think that makes well, sense though. I can understand the one that why. we got is called a tongue drum. The one that you might be thinking of might be called something different, but they're both around the same thing. Hers, you can yeah. play with like a little bit of a mallet. It's super mm -hmm. small. It's probably like six inches in diameter. And it's got yeah. little rivets cut out of it, and you can smack uh -huh. it with the mallet, and then it makes cool noises. Wow. I don't know why that made me think of the, the Tibetan bull, but... Because yeah. they're both sound frequencies. Oh, really? Yeah, They sort of sound similar. Yeah, they are, yeah. 
I can confirm that Andrew is correct. I did just look this up, and it is called a tongue drum. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I have a question for you guys. I'm curious. Do you guys have any type of meditation, like, uh, routine, or do you ever try to set aside some time to meditate? Um, Yeah, I I will go first on this. Uh, Yeah, every single night, I try it to my best of ability. I journal my day. Um, I try to take five minutes for that, and then I write down everything I do or how I feel about that day. And then I do like futuristic meditation. Like I try to like plan out like what I see myself doing in the future. Um, Sometimes I even just sit there and just try to like clear my mind from stressors if I had like a stressful day and see Mm -hmm. how how much I can not think about certain things and try to like get myself to a a calm spot before I go to sleep or. You know, it seems like important. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's kind of what helps me like fall asleep. It also like allows me to check in on myself and my body. And then, um, I recently just started lighting a candle and getting away from, uh, like I forget not unnatural lighting. So I don't know if that's really what it is like anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that's beautiful. There's such things as candle meditations, and it can be really. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm actually really happy to hear that, Dion. That's sweet. Yeah, that's um, that's my routine. That's like my daily night routine. <laughs> Good for you. Victory. I do not. I should. I used to. I have before. I've had some really cool experiences with meditation. I actually took a yoga class, and they did a little stint on meditation. It was cool. But as of at this moment, I do not. <laughs> that's all right. After today, I will. Though I'll start getting back into it. I'll start meditating. Yep. There's no time like the present. Also, yep. Andrew and everybody else who's listening to, I just posted a, a meditation to my Instagram, my IGTV this morning, just to put out to the world because today was kind of like a heavy day. Um, <laughs> so I just felt called to just put that out there for the world. And so if you're interested in learning how to meditate, if you go to my handle, Wellness with Abby, you can find a, a meditation there. Cool. It's okay. a short one, so it's good. I used to meditate much more, uh, I want to say like intentionally, uh, but after doing it uh, for a while, uh, I, I fell off a little bit. And what I've been trying to do uh, more lately is, you know, I've had very uh, hectic, wild last few months. Uh, you know, I moved, I had to get a new job and, uh, you know, I was acclimating to a a new place of living in a completely new environment and you know having having the ability to like easily set aside time when there's so many other things that feel like they should take priority ended up being very hard so what i what i have been trying to do more recently is to uh utilize time where i'm doing something else but that it becomes like uh, a sort of meditative state during that thing. Uh, the most common that I uh, do whenever this, uh, whenever I do this, is when I'm doing the dishes. Uh, yeah, it's it's something that I thought I've talked a lot about this with um, my brother, who he uh, he's a yoga teacher and he studied Eastern medicine through the Ayurvedic Institute and wow. uh, about the idea of like being meditating while doing other things you know you can't do it while you're uh you know doing something that takes a lot of mental uh processing power i guess you could call it you know i wouldn't be trying to like meditate and do i don't know like a sudoku puzzle or something like that uh but the dishes is a great example uh i have like a 25 minute commute to work uh so that and that's like on a good day when I don't hit traffic. Uh, and that's like a great time. It takes me like the first half is getting uh, out of my like, you know, area of town. But then I get on this highway that heads west. And I've got like 10 minutes of, you know, just boring highway driving, where I just kind of like, you know, some days my mind is too racing too far hard to do it. But other days, you know, the the music is playing, and there's cars going, but you know, I kind of try to just like, focus on either uh you know the the two like ways that i try to do my meditation is either focus on my breath and let the 
uh, you know, let the thoughts flow through me or to uh, focus on more uh, instead of thoughts, but like emotions and like how those end up flowing through me uh, and driving in the dishes is how I've been uh, incorporating that into my schedule these days because it's it's difficult to like carve out time sometimes. But if there's something that that we do where it's like, well, you're already doing it. And it doesn't take a lot of brain power to be going, you know, 60 miles an hour for, for 10 minutes down the highway. And I know what exit I'm getting off of because uh, it's the same one every day. You know, it's, just, it's a great time to do it. You better use your brain going 60 miles per hour on the damn highway. <laughs> Man, I, have you ever heard uh, the comedian John Mulaney? No, no, I have not. There's, there's a bit he does where he's, he's, says he's driving and his wife turns to him and she says, are you paying attention? He says, I'm looking out the window. <laughs> That's funny. And I have my hands on the wheel, but I am not paying attention. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Like, you know, you, you don't need to be thinking that hard to be driving safely. Like if it's just down a straight, straight shot highway, it's not like, you know, uh, you're like doing something else, like reading a book or something. It's just, you know, you, you stay in your lane, you keep your wheel straight and you make sure your speed is stable and you like watch for other cars. But like, you know, in between, you're not like thinking a lot of thoughts. It's not like you're like, Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Move foot an inch to the right, inch to the left. Like, no, you're just kind of mostly staying still. I, I am a safe driver. Could really serve. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say I'm, this. I'm a good driver. Just saying. At, at least <laughs> once or twice an episode, Phil says something that might need to get cut from that episode. <laughs> or That's he too funny. I think me and Andrew both do that. All right. That's too funny. I'm just also looking at our facial expressions as he's saying it. It's just like. <laughs> Yeah. I, I edit myself out more than I edit both of you guys out all the time. <laughs> That's but funny. In a situation like that, that would be a good time to meditate because you're really merging with the present moment and like being conscious of what you're doing. So if that ever happens to you when you do drive, you should just like switch and be like, hey, I'm gonna focus and meditate right here, right now. <laughs> that literally made my whole day right there. Like <laughs> just that just that comment. I'm I'm glad to hear that. So, to recover from that, we should jump into <laughs> recovery techniques. <laughs> a great segue. I, I applaud. You, you deserve a Grammy. Thank you. I've been working so hard for these things. <laughs> All right. So, because um, Abby... 14 oh, episodes later, we're uh, really starting to get into some business here. Yeah, we're really getting... Yeah. Really, <laughs> some would say we're getting into a flow of things. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, you know, what a what a good time. So <laughs> Abby, since you kind of do a little bit of like recovery, what's what's some of your favorite recovery techniques or like what re recovery techniques do you use in your training? I need to stretch always. When I first wake up in the morning, I'm always sore from my day before. Uh so just like a basic static stretch to get my body just warm. And then after that, maybe some dynamic stretching. Dynamic always before my workouts because if I'm showing up to my workouts, I want to show up ready and to, you know, conquer it. So I need to move my body in the way that, you know, the movement patterns that I'm going to be doing. So dynamic stretches before workout always. And I know before we started something, you said something about myofascial release and fill. And that is, oh my God, essential for me. Before when I was living in Thailand, I got massages so much. And now it's not the case. So I have the myofascial release and yeah, even if it's just like a fascia like tap throughout your body, that's good. But a foam roller is everything. Uh oh, uh oh. So it's three v one on the foam roll here. Ooh. We got backup, baby. We got backup. <laughs> no I doubt agree. about it. I agree. Because one thing I definitely think that helped me after I got hurt a couple of years ago with my my back was the inversion table and. Uh, doing foam rolling. Foam rolling yeah. was, was really, really important after I started to kind of loosen up because I don't, I don't recommend an inversion table for people who are just healthy every day doing whatever they're doing. But for me, when I was having a lot of that, that compression, it, it kind of helped out a little bit. And so I did that for a couple of months and then I started to foam roll and 
Phil, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I just got I'm better because I was getting better. I'm curious to why the argument against the foam roller would even be a thing if it's so beneficial to a lot of different people. Uh, so I'm not against foam rolling. Uh, my, I don't remember exactly how it came up in the original conversation that we had. Uh, one of my problems, and I think that we, uh, we were discussing, uh, I don't remember what we were discussing that day. Do you guys remember what, like, the I rest of the conversation was? We've already, we were already doing recovery techniques, I believe. This might be recovery techniques 2.0. Um, huh. I, th I think I remember exactly how it went down. Okay. We were talking about our training about how we train as people and me and Andrew were like, yeah, I foam roll, you know, before I do something. And then Andrew was like, yeah, I make all my clients foam roll. Cause it's amazing. And then you said, and I quote, um, I read something that might prove against that. My brain <laughs> works. My brain works really weird. And I just remember a lot of stuff. So <laughs> yeah, we, no, we weren't talking about recovery techniques. We were talking about how we recover. Yeah, and we both said that we foam rolled, and Phil said that foam rolling was not good. You actually also said massage massage wasn't good either, and I <laughs> no, have to disagree with you there I, too. I, guess I won't let you say that. I don't think he said it wasn't good. I think he was just like, I don't agree that it's necessary. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, we got I, our backup today, so I'm throwing all the shots. <laughs> <laughs> feel free. Feel free. I uh, I will not defend a point I don't believe. I think that. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, uh, massage and foam roll and anything like that. Uh, the uh, problem that I have is when people take it uh, like too far and it happens a lot. I think it happened uh, more like culturally through, uh, not through CrossFit, but it was definitely like shown in those communities where people were like, they were doing huge volumes of work they weren't accustomed to and probably shouldn't have been able to do, shouldn't have been doing. And then they would just be like laying on foam rollers and lacrosse balls for like an hour before they could feel even remotely ready to work out. And uh, I think that the, the problem can come up when uh, people start talking about these recovery techniques as a way to mask poor programming. Uh, and when someone says that, you know, oh, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, like, walk before I do my foam roller for 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, I think that that's just uh, a, a problem, because the, the thing that I was talking about that I read, uh, you know, I, I looked up some stuff in between the last time we talked about this and now and the, you know, I'm very, you know, I want to read studies about things. So uh, one of the things I had this pulled up and not not because I knew we were going to be talking about it today, but um, I left it like up on you my knew. phone. You knew. No, I, I didn't know. I, was about to be called <laughs> up. I left this up on my phone uh, because I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm the browser on my phone. I leave like 10 tabs open all the time. It's like this article I'm reading and that one and that one I forgot was there. And I was just like, forget that they're there. Uh, and then so I pulled this this one back up and the the thing about foam rolling is that it's not like uh what's an example of it's not like a waist trainer where it works zero amount <laughs> there are definitely uh like proven benefits that you know like it does some good uh and it has benefits for uh the certain types of performances and in others it ends up being trivial or negligible uh but one of the main things that foam rolling uh myofascial release or massage really helps people with is uh and like this is just a psychological part of being a person it helps people feel better it feels good to do these things and then after you like make your body feel better then you can often do things that you might have had trouble making yourself do. So like you were saying, Andrew, what you did with the, the foam rolling and the inversion table, uh, that probably gave you a good enough feeling to be able to, uh, you know, get in whatever amount of work that you wanted to do that day. And then since you were coming back from an injury, most injuries have 
regular uh, ranges of time courses to recovery anyway. And you would probably would have regressed to the mean, but because you were doing the foam rolling, you were able to be more active probably than you would have been able to otherwise because it helped you feel better. And the, uh, the, the truth is it's not like a... It's not like a magic pill. It's not like a silver bullet. It's not going to suddenly, you know, make everything better. But if it's something that you want to do, you have time for, and it, and you think it helps you, then there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not against foam rolling, but uh, I I wouldn't have uh, everyone need to do it. Uh, if the conversation that we were having that, and my memory of this is not perfect so if this is how it came up in conversation was that you had said uh you make all your clients do it uh i have all of my clients do dynamic warm-ups before we do anything uh but with most of my clients right now uh I, they only get 30 minutes with me so that is so little time to have them do anything more than like a you know two to five minute dynamic warm-up and then still feel like i can like give them a workout in that amount of time uh, but if I was working with people where I could like assign them, you know, things to do on their own, then, you know, it might not be everybody, but, you know, maybe some people, depending on where they are in their, you know, volumes and intensities, you know, I would have them work it in sometimes and not other times, you know, I definitely wouldn't say I'm against foam rolling to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to walk back my statement from before, but I don't think it's necessary. That sounds about right. That sounds that sounds where we, where you were before. Like, <laughs> I don't think we were on the on the page of you were just like, nah, foam rolling doesn't work ever, and it's like the worst <laughs> thing to do. You're just like, I don't think it's as necessary. And I'm I'm kind of like in the camp of foam rolling with with these two, just because of like the amount of high volume that I do for training. I always felt like one, I needed to massage or do some form of myofascial release on my body just because I was consistently like sore. And it probably was a mental thing for me, but in, in terms of like also like muscle tightness and it felt like it helped me a lot more because I was not as flexible or I couldn't, you know, strike a ball as good before, because like, once again, I wasn't as flexible. I didn't have a, as good of range of motion and it just helped me like loosen up my overall muscle tightness because I do, I think it's dependent on, the type of human being too. Like I have a high level, a high amount of muscle mass. So my muscles are usually tight or my, depending on what I'm working out, something is, there's always an imbalance. So it depends on what's going on for me that week or even that month. And it's, it sometimes is necessary for me in the sense of like, yeah, I might've overworked my, my pecs that, that week. So I need to loosen them up or I won't get as much of a range of motion in my back. And I definitely think it's based upon like, like you said, like maybe their training techniques or someone's body type or how much muscle mass they have and their previous flexibility versus their post flexibility. Like it's, it's all, I think it's like you said, it's all relevant to the person. I'm not going to go into this too, too heavy, but I know that like 90% of the people that foam roll don't foam roll correctly. So I think there's another part of actually doing what you're doing the right way. And that, that typically isn't done the right way. So I think foam rolling is amazing if you do it correctly. Because, I mean, I can feel my back crack and I can feel the knots in my calves go away. <laughs> I So I'm, I'm interested uh, because, you know, as a, um, you know, athlete, I did spend some years doing it and some years not doing it. Like, what are the, you know, if, if you don't feel like you uh can sum this up quickly like no pressure but like what are like the top 10 top five mistakes people are making and or like you know what's the the big thing people are doing wrong when they they're foam rolling wrong um i can't say top five to ten but i can try to give the best visual over a podcast that's typically only audio anyways i can <laughs> if you were to think of your forearm where your wrist is your ankle and your elbow is your knee and you take your other form, your other form and that's your foam roller and you go up and down your, your forearm. That's, that's how most people foam roll. That's not correct. 
So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to foam roll towards your heart. Because if you go away from your heart, you're pushing the blood into like the arteries. And that's actually like bad. And you can cause a lot of those like varicose veins and you can pop arteries and all that good stuff. And so what you do is you start at your ankle and you go forward towards your knee two inches and then back down one inch and then forward two inches back down one inch. And then what you do is you're looking for a really tender spot. And once you find that tender spot, sit for maybe 20, 30 seconds. You can kind of rock back and forth depending on how comfortable that is. And you continue that and you do that for any type of muscle. You can do that for your hamstrings, your quads, whatever have you, but you always go towards your heart. Big brain, Andrew. Big brain. Thank you. I learned that in the military, so shout out to Air Force. <laughs> that's uh, I've, that's interesting because I remember uh, back in college when our swim team had like the foam rollers and the sticks and the hooks all came in, and we, you know, everyone started doing stuff like that. Uh, we were never taught any specific way to do it. It was just like, oh yeah, you just you roll the muscles. Uh, so the fact that there's a way to do it that you know we might have been doing it wrong or anything like that is is interesting uh i definitely uh like you were saying dan i think that the the what what a person is doing is plays a big role into like whether or not they uh i don't want to say should but could benefit from uh these i don't want to stick to just foam rolling these types of techniques because there's a lot of other things we could be talking about uh you know what it sounds like i don't know what what the entirety of your uh programming looks like but from what you've described so far you do like a lot of stuff and it if you told me about it i'd say yeah that probably would help you out you know it's there's a lot of other things that uh i think we've touched a little bit on in the past things like uh ice baths and epsom salts and you know the the kinds of things where like you know they they all have things they bring to the table but like a lot of people just don't need it because they're just not doing enough for it to make sense. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like we shouldn't also uh, say like, oh, I'm going to do three hours working out every day, but I'll be fine. Don't worry. I'm going to foam roll and do my ice bath and then I'll be fine. You know, we got to like take still take into account the fact that there there are certain volumes that our muscles just won't be able to recover from and certain intensities you know if you take like every muscle to failure for 10 sets for you know five days a week foam rolling isn't going to save you from that uh but yeah nothing will <laughs> but if you if your workouts look reasonable but you know you've got a pretty high intensity week or a high volume week like yeah i think that there's definitely a place that it could be beneficial to do these types of techniques and like we we got deep into the foam rolling scenario and i'm blaming abby on this one because she she's like i want to know why and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and phil got and phil got there but yeah so so abby also because this is a, a big part like like you were saying earlier in the podcast like people have different reactions and to your um to your style of training and to Reiki, like how does that particularly help in someone's recovery techniques? Like, is that something that you like recommend as well? Like what, what are things that you recommend other than foam rolling? Also a big in favor of Epsom salts. Like if you, again, if you are training hard enough that your muscles are sore and that you really need that extra recovery, definitely get in a hot bath or a hot tub that will certainly soothe your body and get you ready for your next workout sooner. Um, other than that, you know, fueling your body is a super recovery technique. You have to, you know, <laughs> eat, you have to eat nutritious foods. And I guess it all depends what your overall goal is. So however you want to, um, eat to prepare for your better version of you based on your specific goals. So stress techniques, Epsom salts and nutrition, That's super so important true. for recovery. I eat so much food. I feel like. How about you, Andrew? What are your what are your views on on these recovery techniques, my man's? Won't get super heavy into it because I know I kind of went, <clears throat> went into it a, a couple episodes ago. But I know my top three would be I'll, I'll give no particular order: food, water, sleep. I think if you have those three dialed down, yeah, there's pretty much no way. I mean, unless you're in taking a lot of like you know extracurricular activities like drugs and alcohol, 
But I mean, if your food, water, and, and sleep style down, then you're probably not doing anything crazy anyways. So if you have those three in line, then you should yeah. probably be feeling pretty good. I agree with the stretching. I think from me coming from a little bit more of a powerlifting standpoint, I like to keep that more sport specific. So I don't want to be super, super bendy quite like you, Abby, but I definitely agree with, with that. And then pull milling, obviously, I, I enjoy too. Um, you said something else. Uh, Epsom salts. I was actually using Epsom salts when I was playing soccer at FM. And I think, I don't know if it was necessarily the Epsom salts. I think it was nice because I like the smell of the Epsom salts. But I think you're right. When it comes to just getting into it, like a nice, warm, soothing tub, it, it definitely helps out with the muscle recovery, at least just relaxing you to where if you were to get into a, you know, a, a not lukewarm, but obviously a hot tub and then 20 minutes later go and foam roll, you'd probably be, have a lot more successful, you know, time recovering like that because you have loose muscles and then you go foam roll. So those knots aren't going to be as tight. So you can kind of break them up a lot better. So yeah, I think you pretty much hit everything on the head. Yeah. That's great. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big candidate in, in a lot of these things. I think the, the one thing I really wanted to touch upon more, more often than not, it's kind of something that we as a podcast kind of stress and it's just try a variety of things, honestly, and find what works best for you. Um, like I've tried everything from like cryotherapy to ice baths to um, like they're called like ice boots. There's things that just like wrap around your your leg. Um, electro stim. When did uh, you try the cryotherapy? Oh, so I, I isn't that pretty expensive? No, it was actually it was like fifty bucks a person, and they gave you kombucha when you left. It was <laughs> dope. So Brown County, you were you were born to be a kombucha salesman. Yeah, I was, but no. Yeah. It was, it was like a date for me and T and um, we went and they gave you like little, like these little gloves and special socks to put on. And like, they made you wear like, you were pretty much naked, but you had to have some form of clothing over your like body parts. So you didn't like freeze yourself and any extremity that was too long, like too, like your fingers or your toes or like away from your core had to have some form of covering. But I like froze to death and Taylor was fine. I don't understand how she was okay, but I was like shaking. And it felt amazing, honestly. It was one of the like the coolest feelings I've ever had. But it, it wasn't as as expensive as you would think. And like the way things are going, like now, like they offer subscriptions where you do like a hundred bucks a month and you get like three sessions a month or something like that. And it was a pretty solid, solid uh, experience. I would definitely recommend it to people. How long are the sessions? Oh, it's like it's super quick. That's that's the thing. It's like three minutes i think three to five minutes oh wow yeah so like you jump in it gets it's like negative like some odd number i don't remember exactly how cold it is but it's relatively cold and you're just like standing there and they're like all right man and your head's above the the cryo like zone so you can like talk to the the doctor or the practitioner and talk to him about it and they're like oh yeah you got like one minute man like and then you're finished and like all right get out like <laughs> like that was it the person had me ride um do a row machine after as well to like warm my body back up and that was kind of a little bit different too i haven't gone from like such an extreme cold to being like active so i would give it like a nine out of ten should definitely try it um but yeah so i would say like try a whole bunch of different things like you know like like i said i did cryotherapy i've tried electro stim um all different types of things and like not everything is going to be perfect for you and you might enjoy one thing like better than another thing like you might enjoy yoga more or you might enjoy foam rolling or you might enjoy dynamic stretching or static stretching you might hate foam rolling and like to do a, like go to massage therapist or even see like a chiropractor but just try everything and then get a good overall feel for what works for your body because like phil pretty much hit the nail on the head and he like talked about it's like if you're doing it and it makes you feel better and you're going to work at a different percentage than you would before, then more often than not, you're going to see results just because you're happier. Even if it's a placebo effect or not, even if, you know, taking an ice bath that really doesn't help you, but you think it helps you, it it's, it's still doing its job for your recovery, you know? So all things, all things to be said, just try a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I think that uh, the the point that you guys have made that I appreciate the most is the the idea of you have to hit the basics before any of these things really come into play. 
and I, I tell the same thing to my clients and, you know, anyone who asked about, uh, about supplements, you know, it's like, if you're, uh, not sleeping well and you're not eating enough, then foam rolling isn't going to make you feel better. You know, we gotta like worry about the rocks before we put in the sand, you know, uh, we gotta like take the things that are most fundamental, work on those first. And if you're a person who you have everything dialed in, you, you know, your nutrition habits are really good. You sleep, you know, enough every single night, your uh, workout volume is well moderated and you have a, you know, high enough volume and intensity that you want to give some of these recovery techniques a try. You know, like you were saying, Dion, I think that trying out a lot of different ones uh, might be something that would be a good idea. Uh, one of the um, things that I also uh, am a big uh, proponent of is that uh, when it comes to recovery or when it comes to a lot of other aspects of our lives, uh, one of the worst things we can do is nothing. Uh, and having really sore muscles and then just sitting down for the rest of the day or you know if you have the next day off doing absolutely nothing the next time you try to get up you're just you're going to get like cramps it's going to be terrible uh you know one of the best things you can do is just like really easy things you know the the uh the term active recovery uh kind of always sounds like a oxymoron but uh, as long as you're not just completely sitting on your butt for like the rest of the day or the, the next day afterward and you do some stuff, you know, go for, go for like a short walk, you know, even if it's just like five minutes, you know, two times a day on a day off if you had a really hard day the day before. Uh, I think that, you know, that's another thing to try that could really help, you know, with people who are, uh, you know, experiencing some really bad soreness. Uh, and I think that, you know, you have to also take everything wholly into account. You know, it's not just uh, the one thing we're not just looking at, you know, do ice baths work? You know, the question isn't do does foam rolling work? It's like, OK, with you, this individual we're talking about and the diet you have, the amount of sleep you're getting, the amount of out of physical activity stress you're doing, the volume of your physical activity, the type, the specificity, the intensity, with all of that stuff put together, how effective is this thing? And if you find that given your situation that you think your training is appropriate, but you want to try one of these recovery techniques, or you do and you think that they're very beneficial to you, then, uh, you know, that's awesome. Uh, if you try one of them out and you're like, man, I tried foam rolling and I hate it, but I take an ice bath three times a week and it makes me feel good. You're not wrong about foam rolling. It's not, you know, it's not for you if you don't like it. Uh, you know, that's like one of the uh, great things that I think we all relate to about being a, a trainer of any sort is that we're not training the average person. We're training this person, the one that we're talking to, and individualizing things uh, when it comes to recovery is just another aspect of that. That sounds good. Does anybody have anything else they want to add to that? Does anyone want want to toss in some some fine gems, or do we want to speak on what we like to eat? All right, well, I'll kick it off. My favorite thing to cook is probably at no surprise to anyone, but I like to make ramen. And <laughs> so now, um, good ramen or like 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 eighteen cent ramen? No, okay, so it's a little bit classier eighteen cent ramen. Okay, it's like about three dollar ramen. All right, so get your facts straight. <laughs> <laughs> I go I go to Wegmans and they have this like culturally diverse store, and like they have all these sections, and there's this like instant ramen that's called Shinryu um, Spicy Gourmet Ramen. And I completely like love this ramen. Like, it's got thick noodles and takes like eight minutes to cook. And I put two um, soft boiled eggs in it. So it's like legitimate, as close to real ramen as you can get. <laughs> and every Sunday I watch anime and I eat ramen. And that is like my favorite thing to do in life. Like people watch Sunday football and, like, you'll catch me dead watching football. But, like, if you're like, what's Dion doing on a Sunday? I'm watching anime 
eating ramen every single time. <laughs> so, so that has to be a number one, my final choice, final answer. Uh, that's that's great. I love I love ramen. Uh, the fancy ramen. I can't make. I would love to. Uh, what do you What are you watching? What What did you watch this past Sunday? Um, for anime. Yeah. So I watched One Piece. Nice. Fire Force. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, and Attack on Titan. Those are the I'm, five. I watched some of Attack on Titan. I got like one and a half seasons in, but then I was having trouble like finding a place to watch it. Yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> that's that's my that's my stick. What about you, Phil? What do you? What's your favorite thing that you cook? Uh, so a lot of what I eat most of the time is uh like pretty boring, and then sometimes I like to try to take go off of. Uh, I watch a lot of food cooking videos, so I'll try to cook some of what they make, and uh, you know, sometimes I'll I'll succeed, and sometimes I won't, but uh. You know, I can't say like I like to do any of those things because all of those are like the first try at making something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it goes really well. Uh, but the thing that like I only probably make it like max twice a year. I wish I could do it more like once every two months, probably with like, you know, how much I'd get sick of it. But I love making chili. Uh, it's just <laughs> I love that it's like an all day affair and <laughs> Uh, you know, I get it, you know, simmering in the early afternoon and just cook it until dinner time. And I love that it's like just all the flavors meld together in that way. And that, you know, it's not, uh, it's a very like well flavored way that I make it. I don't make it often that spicy, but, uh, you know, I, I've made it enough times so that I can get it, uh, like pretty deeply flavored uh and sometimes uh, one one time i even went in with like actual like you know home toasted and ground versions of some of the spices and uh you know i was getting like local chilies back when i was living in new mexico uh but that's that's like my favorite thing to cook honestly Jeez, you know, Phil always being extra. Like you see how like simple mine was. I'm like, I make three minute ramen. It feels like I let it simmer all day in the pan <laughs> while the aroma spreads through the house, enchanting everybody walking through, calling to me saying, "Phil, please." <laughs> nah, nah, I'm sorry. That was too much. That was too much. Uh, <laughs> so, so Abby, what, what's yours? What's your go-to? Oh man, I am the pancake queen. I love making pancakes. <laughs> Probably make them like twice a week. Uh, yeah, like just regular. Like Doesn't matter if it's. No, definitely not. <laughs> I'll do. Lately, I've been on a pumpkin spice with pumpkin puree and cream cheese and chocolate chips and that real maple syrup. Even down here, of course, nothing but. God. <laughs> but sometimes I'll do like a chocolate uh, mocha with peanut butter too, and I use almond flour and oats because gluten free. And yeah, they come out so fluffy and oh my God, it's just so good. I also have that recipe on my Instagram too. <laughs> oh my God. So are you, are you, are you gluten-free? I am. Yeah. I'm not gluten intolerant. I just choose to eat gluten-free because I feel better when I eat gluten-free. Oh, that makes sense. I like that. I, I mean, I won't resist. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I won't resist like an awesome pasta or pizza. Like if I'm in New York and have pizza, like no doubt about it. Like I won't deprive myself, but I know how I feel in my body, and if I have just like bread here and there, it's just like I feel not how I want to be feeling. So I don't. <laughs> and there's yeah. so many nice options that I honestly don't even like feel like I need it because there's so many great options. I feel like I always complain about being tired and kind of lethargic and whatever, but then I think about what I eat compared to what a normal people person eats i don't even necessarily mean that like calorie wise because a lot of people eat a lot of calories but i eat so much bread and pasta and like not so much processed food like you know like mcdonald's or burger king but definitely definitely i can feel when i eat a lot that day with like real heavy bread stuff because i'll just be so tired <laughs> god man so what's what's your go-to then andrew like since you eat all the what's your my go-to oh man Cadoba. Burger King. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
to like for myself to make oh man i really i kind of have to go towards abby's route i'm really more of like a breakfast person so like omelets are amazing biscuits and gravy is probably one of my better staples when it comes to breakfast food just because it's so calorie dense and just sticks to your whole body <laughs> um what else i'm not a huge pancake person my girlfriend likes pancakes a little bit more so she you know she'll make some pancakes sometimes and we used to get this like not so much like an instant mix but i can't remember what brand it was but it was like a protein pancake so that's pretty cool oh, yeah. um so yeah breakfast food's definitely my go-to eating wise though i would say i'm a sucker for mexican man if i can make myself some like quesadillas or burritos i'm gonna do it every single time we actually just had tacos like two days ago that's so tasty love me some mexican food yeah you know all food really (laughs) yeah that was the hardest part about answering that question was i was like oh well i love this and that and that and and that's that's why i went with the you know the the extra ass ass fucking chili because (laughs) (laughs) i i i'm a fiend for breakfast too i eat like Every I've been working a lot of like afternoons and evenings recently, so I've been making like uh, you know eggs with cheese. I'll scramble or fry, making myself oatmeal like every single day. And uh, you know, I thought I, I thought not to say that because like that's what I have every day. Like I wanted to say something special that I make. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I feel like the cool thing though is that every single thing that we all said, you can pretty much make pretty healthy. Yeah. You know, you can make yourself really really healthy burritos. You can check what type of tortilla you're using or you know what type of cheese and bean and then pancakes you don't have to sit there and just slather with all of the homemade maple syrup that you have butter. but yeah. yeah butter right yeah but you can definitely enjoy it you know so that's pretty cool oh do you know what that reminds me of like just because you said this and you're like talking about pasta and i just wanted to drop this in there like when i was on my bulk season life t- lifestyle i would get like one of those giant salad like fruit salad bowls like the tupperware containers and I would make a box of pasta and like two pounds of like ground beef and I would eat it like throughout the whole day. Like just just consistently just, just, just pasta and beef and nothing <laughs> on it. Not even sauce. No, I didn't put sauce in there, but like oh, okay. it was, yeah, I didn't just I wasn't that much of a savage. Like I was about to get angry. Yeah, I was like, no, no, I was about to I was about to ask like where what is the rest of your diet? Like that's that sounds like too much. Not I couldn't eat uh, that. I, was, dude, I, used, I used to do something similar, dude. I used to get a box of pasta, make the whole entire thing, put one full jar of sauce on it, and then I would put all that in a Tupperware container and take that to work along with four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. I did that when I worked at Euphrates Cheese because if I didn't yes. eat that much food, oh it was 120 God. degrees in that in that production area. I was melting away to nothing. If I didn't eat that, I would have I would have been less than 180 pounds. So we were in the struggle. Me and me and Andrew were in the struggle for bulk season. So yeah. <laughs> I would have melted. I did not feel good doing that, though. By the way, <laughs> I, did, I also agree. I did not feel the greatest after eating all that food. What's going on, guys? That was the fitness roundtable with Andrew, KMainBarbell.com, Phil, YawStraining.com, and Dion, ActiveGamerFitness.com. We are joined with a special guest today, Abby Nares, who runs. Wellness with Abby on Facebook, Instagram, and all social medias. The roundtable is more of a discussion than anything. We hope you enjoyed. Leave a like and subscribe. Stay fit, stay strong, and stay educated.